quite a challenging bit, which is chapter 7. Now, those, uh, now in two weeks' time, we're going to be doing chapter 6. Uh, so, we're not quite doing it in the right order. Uh, um, and in fact, if you've been following this all the way through, you know that we've actually not done this in the, uh, chronologically at all. At all. Um, so, uh, we've done it in... The order we've done it is, is 1, 3, 2, 5, 4. Okay. Now, there is a reason for this, and that is um, that my inspiration is Star Wars. And, of course, they brought their films out in a, a strange order, and I thought, well, I'll do the same. So, uh, but that... It's not true at all, no, you're right. Um, it's just the way it seemed to, to fit. So, uh, they, all, they all stand uh, uh, alone, but anyway... Um, And the, one, the thing I want to particularly look at today um, is in making sure we gain what God has promised us, gaining our inheritance, is dealing with disappointment and dealing with setback. And this is a really, really important subject uh, because many people, and many, maybe some here, uh, don't enter into their full inheritance because of setbacks and disappointments which have caused them to stop moving forward. And, and they can be uh, really big things that you think, this isn't worth it. This is too painful. I'm not going to go forward for what I believe God has said. Now, um, one of the things that we've... Uh, the, pr- the primary verse, if you like, that we've based our, uh, our whole thing on is Joshua 1 verse 9. And many of you will know that verse. And it says there, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And this was said to Joshua at the start. It was said before anything had happened. It was said before they got a foot in the promised land. It was said, um, and it was so important for Joshua to remember these words. And for us to remember these words. And the reason it is, is because God says, do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. And the reason he said it is quite simply this. You will meet things that will discourage you. You will meet things that will terrify you. And I'm asking you, don't give in to them. And so one of the truths about entering into your inheritance is that you will face setbacks. It's there. It's almost a promise, if you like. And and the New Testament talks about sufferings doing wonderful things in our lives. And so there is an element here which we says we need to prepare for them. And in fact, I would say that if now you are facing a setback or a discouragement, then that is really good because you've been moving forward. Because you've been trying to get somewhere, because, you, uh, because you've been trying to go into the inheritance, the promise, what God has got for you, whether it be in, in your personal life, whether it's in church life, whether it's healing, whether it's something that, you've got for, that you believe God's got for you, and you've moved forward and you've hit a setback. And that's good. Because if you're not moving forward, a setback won't have any impact on you. You're not going to, you know, if, 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 you, if you're told to stop by a wall and you were never walking anyway... Well, that wall's just a wall and doesn't really matter. If you're trying to go forward and there's a wall there, that's a setback. And so if you are facing that at the moment, then well done. Because you've been moving forward. And you have now hit something that you need to deal with and to cope with. 
Now, I, obviously, as, as I prepare for this, I've done a lot of study, uh, and I've come up with uh, two reasons why we hit setbacks. So you should get your pens and papers out and write this down because uh, you know this is this is this is wisdom coming here. Okay. Okay. So there's two reasons we hit setbacks. One. When we mess up. When we mess up. Get ready for the next one. Two, when we don't mess up. (laughs) So, this is why I'm paid vast sums of money by Transport for London. As you can see, I come out with this type of wisdom most days. Money well spent, I think you'd argue. The fact is, Setbacks and disappointments can happen at any point. And they can be our fault. They can be stuff we've got wrong. Or they can be completely irrelevant to what we've been doing. Now what we're going to look at today is a setback that happened because of sin. But there are plenty of examples in the Bible where setbacks happened when there was no sin involved. And it was just something that the person came up against. Jesus faced many setbacks in his life. His disciples left him. He was left alone. He was facing people who didn't understand, facing people who had no faith, facing all sorts of things. He never sinned once, as we know. But he faced these things. But what we can learn from today, and what we look at is how Joshua handled it, is the same whether it's a result of sin or whether it's just a setback that has come. The way he handled it is what we can learn from. Okay, so we're going to read... Um, in chapter 7 and verse 1. And it says there, now this is after they've conquered Jericho and God told them, go and devote everything to me. Go and devote everything to me. Uh, Don't take anything. Just give it all to me. Um... Uh, as, as a sort of an offering. And, and that, that was the instruction. Uh, but in verse seven, uh, chapter, one, chapter 7, verse 1, it says this, But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Kani, son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Achan sin. He did what God told him not to do. And God was not happy. God was uh, was was angry at Israel. Now, uh, we have to bear in mind the context here. This is Old Testament. And, uh, and what I don't, I don't want to look at Achan so much as Joshua. Because actually Joshua messed up as well. And we'll read that in the next passage. Okay, so something had gone wrong. And Joshua had an opportunity to find out what that was by going to God. He didn't. So this is what happens in the next few verses. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, and to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the people 
will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up. But they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased uh, the Israelites from the city gates as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. So here we have an example of a setback. Israel were defeated. There was reasons for it. Joshua didn't know what it was at the time. But the effect on the people was this. Their hearts melted and became like water. They had been so stirred by the words of Joshua in chapter 1. And they crossed uh, the Jordan and it was amazing. And then they saw the defeat of Jericho and they walked (coughs) around and and blew trumpets and the walls just fell down. And this was just amazing. And then they went on to Ai, this small little town, and they were defeated. It made no sense, and they were struggling. Joshua, as we'll read in a moment, was perplexed beyond anything. He probably forgot everything about what God had said and thought, what on earth is going on? Jericho, this amazing fortified city, just fell. Ai, this tiny little place, defeated us. I thought we were going so well. I thought we were, we were there. I thought we had managed to get somewhere. And look what's happened. But this was Joshua's response. And this is really important because how he responded is a real key for how we might respond in similar situations. So, where are we? Verse 7. Oh, verse 6, sorry. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, <coughs> remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Our sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had content to stay on the other side of the Jordan, O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other peoples of this country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe us out for uh, our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Now, I just want to spend a bit of time looking at what Joshua did here. The first thing he did, and this is absolutely crucial is that he went back to God. He knew that this was a disaster, he knew it had all gone wrong, and he went, the first thing he did is he went and threw himself before God. He didn't know at this point there had been sin, he didn't know what it was, he just went back to God. And that is always the right response. You see, so often, uh, sometimes when we hit a setback and it's painful, we can retract into ourselves. We can first of all think, oh, what did I, what is, what's going on? What, what's happened? What, why did I mess up? Why did I, what have I done? Uh, could I have done something better? Could I, and we can look internally and we can start being very critical of ourselves. Or, or we can say, wait a minute, this is too painful. I'm just, I'm just going to take some time out here. I'm just going to, just, you know, this is too painful. I'm going to go away for a bit. I'm just going to spend a bit of time out of church, out of uh, 
out of fellowship just because it's so too painful, this is too difficult. And that can be sometimes our response to these things. We can look internally and we can back off. And Joshua didn't do that. He just said, no, I need to get back to the presence of God. You see, he'd learned over these years, and we looked at this a few, uh, a few Sundays back, that he spent time in the presence of God. He knew that that was where the source of strength and, and hope would come. And so he went there. He went there and he spent time. He found where God was, the ark, and he went there. And for each one of us, we need to find out where God is and we need to find it. Whether it's in your bedroom, whether it's here on a Sunday morning, whether it's with your friends uh, who are Christians and love God. Wherever it is, find God. Find him. In your moment of setback, in your moment of disappointment and despair, find God. He's close. He's not far away. He will be there. He will be there. He promises. He promised Joshua never to leave him. He promises us never to leave him. So we go and find God. But the next thing he did, and I love this about Joshua, he was real. He poured out his heart to God. Joshua, but you're, you're the leader. You can't show any weakness. You can't show them that you're struggling. You can't show, you need to just put this mask on and say, it's all fine, it's okay, we'll cope with this. No, he didn't do that. He tore his clothes. He poured ash on himself. He poured out before God. In the, in the, everyone heard it. We need to be real. Setbacks are painful. They hurt. And if you say they don't hurt, then you're not having a proper setback or you're being unrealistic or unreal. We need to be real with each other and with God. It's not a problem for us to hear you're going through a difficult time. It's going to happen. We need to be real with each other. We need to say, actually, I'm, I'm really struggling. This is really hard. It's really painful. And I don't know what God's doing. I don't understand it. And Joshua did that. He went before God and said, what's going on, God? Why did you bring us here? Why did you let defeat happen? Now, we have to be slightly careful here because Joshua sort of was really struggling. And he almost went to the point of blaming God. Now, okay, God can cope with that. But we need to be careful that we remember who God is. He is good. He is always good. Oh, and if you look at the story of Job, and that's really a, a, a difficult passage, uh, when you think about what he did and what he went through and all that took place, it says there at the end of chapter 1 that he never sinned by accusing God of wrongdoing. And Joshua had a similar <laughs> idea of God. Although he's struggling with it, he never blamed God for this. He knew there was something going on and he just went back to God. And so we, uh, God loves us. He's for us. But we will hit setback. And it's not God's fault. We don't blame God for it. But we do be honest and real before him. And we do pour out our heart to him. But the next thing he did, and this is really interesting, and this is something that can happen to us all. He said there in uh, verse 7, if only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. What's going on there? It's rolling back the promise. 
And this is such a temptation for us. You see, he's not saying, oh, let's go back to Egypt. He's not saying, I want to go to slavery. No, no, he's saying, well, actually, two of the tribes are going to stay that side of the Jordan. When they've finished fighting, uh, they've looked at this side of the Jordan, and actually, it's quite good. It's nice. It's, 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 it's good land there. So perhaps, I'll tell you what, let's all go there. Let's, let's all stay there, because it's all right. It's, mo- it's not the full land, it's not everything. But do you know what? If only we should stay there. Let's just, st- let's just get, let's just stick with what we've got. Let's just settle for that. It's not bad, because pressing on is too painful. And Joshua was tempted to say, well, wait a minute, whoa. Let's, let's, no, have we, have, we, have we overstretched ourselves? Are we going for something too much? Is going for, for big miracles and healings just that little bit too difficult? Because when we pray and no one gets healed, people are disappointed. But I'll tell you what, let's, let's just move back. Let's just go for small things. That's good, isn't it? Let's celebrate the small. That's okay. Well, yes, it's good. But it's not what God's got for us. And so we can, we can, we can, because of disappointment and hurt and because of discouragement, we can rule about, so I'm not, I'm not praying for that sort of thing again. That's too painful. And so Joshua was tempted to say, well, let's settle for what we've got. That wasn't the promise. The promise that everywhere you set your foot, that is your land. Everywhere you go, it's yours. That was the promise. It was unlimited. Wherever you set your foot is yours. And the promise is still through us. Wherever you've got in your mind, wherever your imagination says, that's yours. And Jamie's spoken about this before. It's, it's, you know, sometimes we, we, we take our feet back because it's a bit painful. And God says, if only you step forward, that's yours. And so Joshua was struggling with this. This man who'd been in the presence of God, this man who'd spent time with Moses, he was struggling. If he struggled, we're going to struggle. Yeah? Don't beat yourself up if you struggle. Joshua did. But he went on from there. And he went to the thing that mattered most. Mattered most to him and to God. He says in verse 8, O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe us out, um, wipe out our name from the earth. And then he says this, What then will you do for your own great name? Joshua loved God. He honoured God. And what he wanted more than anything, he wanted more than the promised land was the honour and glory of God. That's what eventually shone through in this prayer. God, what about your name? What about your glory? What about your honour? See, that's what really mattered to Joshua. He spent time with God. He seen his glory. And that was what was in his heart. And you see, as soon as God heard that, he couldn't resist him. And, and so it's, you know, when, when we go for something, when we believe there's a promise, mixed up in that, and actually at the top of that, is the glory and honour of God. Everything he has for us is for his glory and honour. 
And we need to remember that, because sometimes we put it all down about us. My destiny, my inheritance, what I have for myself. Now, it's right in one sense, God has something for us. But us inheriting and us seeing the promise of God brings glory and praise to him. And that is the ultimate aim. In Ephesians, it says there in Ephesians 3 verse 10, his intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. When the church meets and gets its inheritance, God is glorified. When the church steps into everything that God has for it, God is manifestly glorified and honoured. When we get the things that we believe God's put on our hearts, when we enter into that, God is glorified. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, that we may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. That's our role, to give praise and glory to God. And inheriting and receiving your inheritance will do that. Will bring glory to God. And that's what Joshua had in his heart. She set back, have a way of perfecting us and enabling Jesus to shine more glorious in our lives. I think Rochelle uh, quoted this last week in Romans. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Jesus, as we go through these things, as we go through setbacks, as we go through disappointments, as we struggle with them, as we press on in them, so... The, the character of Jesus is formed in us and glory goes to him when the world sees Jesus that's glorious and he sees it in you and me as we embrace these things and we allow these sufferings to produce in us wonderful fruit and so this is what's happening in Joshua's life and Israel's life good fruit was being produced and that will be true of us whatever circumstances has led us to that situation. So, this is Joshua's response. Went back to God, poured out his heart to him, was real and honest, but then claimed, oh God, I want your honour and glory in this. I want you to be glorified and lifted up. Now, God's response... I love this. Verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up, what are you doing down on your face? What are you doing here? Get up! Israel has sinned. Sort it out. Oh, oh, oh okay. Now, what I love about this is that God didn't say, Israel sinned grovel in the dirt for a bit longer make sure you are truly sorry make sure that you have rasped the full weight of the sin that is on you moan and groan for four or five days I want you just to so that you can earn your forgiveness God doesn't say that it's not what it's about God says stand up stop doing here, sort it out Move on. So important that we understand that we never earn. When we have messed up, and we all do, and there's not one here, and myself included, that hasn't messed up, when we mess up, we can have a choice of, 
of recognising and thinking, oh, how ter- terrible am I, I'm awful. Now, sometimes there is a, a place of, of uh, godly sorrow, and that's right. But God doesn't want us to wallow there. God doesn't want us to, to earn our forgiveness. We can't do that. It's a waste of time. And in fact, it's, it's, a, it's an, an affront to what Jesus has done on the cross. Jesus has paid the price for everything. We don't have to try and earn it again by, by trying to convince God that we are truly sorry. Joshua didn't have to stay there and wallow. He just said, Joshua, get up, sort it out. And that's what Joshua did. That's what we need to do. When we mess up, we need to get before God. And when God points it out, you see, Joshua didn't know he'd messed up and, and uh, Israel messed up. He got before God, God spoke to him. And he said, right, sort it out and move on. And that's what we need to do. We need to be quick to go before God, quick to hear, oh, ah, I did that, didn't I? Look, I'm sorry. Move on. And so Joshua dealt with Achan. Now, this is a, a tricky one. Uh, Achan, Achan, the way he dealt with it, he, God told him he needed, he needed to die. Now, again, this is Old Testament. We need to bear this in mind. Basically, he dealt with the sin in the way that it was right to do then. Thankfully, Jesus has dealt with our sin now. That punishment that Achan had to suffer, we don't have to suffer because Jesus took it. He took the punishment for our sin. And that's wonderful. But if you like, the, the, the spiritual picture from that is to deal with it. Deal with sin. Whatever it is, deal with it. And then move on. If you if you've have unforgiveness, and that's caused you to trip up, forgive the person and move on. If you've got angry, or you've, uh, you've uh, drawn back when you should have moved forward, say sorry and move on. Deal with whatever God points out to you. And when we go into his presence, expect God to speak. Expect God to point something out. And if there is a disappointment, don't spend hours and hours and days and days thinking, oh, you know, did I say the right thing? Did I I do? God will speak to you. If he doesn't say something about sin, then that's not the reason. If you've got a, a heart that's open to God, he will point very quickly and say, that's the issue. Deal with it, move on. And if he doesn't say that, then that's not the issue. So we don't have to spend days and days doing an internal examination of our thoughts or our minds. If God sees an... You know, David said, if you see a a wicked way in me, come and examine my heart. See if there be an offensive way in me. David was soft like that. He kept saying to God, look at me. If there is, show me and I'll deal with it. We deal with it by coming to God. We don't do it by our own strength and, and, and grit and teeth. It's the Holy Spirit in us yeah. will come and give us strength to deal with whatever it is. If God points something out, then he will deal with it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, to move on as we're moving on. So he did, he dealt with it, he dealt with sin and then God said to him right, move on and they went and they attacked AI, we won't go into the story and they defeated it completely 
I want to just give a testimony, personal one, uh, which I've shared a little bit before. Um, my, I, I have a, a wonderful Christian heritage, and uh, I thank God for it. And uh, one of the things that we have in my family is, is some very good marriages. My mum and dad were, were a lovely uh, Christian couple, and my brothers and sisters got married and and I had this as an example and I knew that this was what God had for me I was convinced this was my inheritance um, and uh, and so I went into marriage very confident that it would be good it would be a good marriage uh, and it is I love my wife but after about a year of marriage I was messing things up terribly I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I was, I was just not... It just hadn't turned out as I was expecting. And, and I was messing it up. My attitude was all wrong. My, my, all, my thoughts were all wrong. Everything. I, I just, and I didn't, I didn't know. I had no idea that I was doing something wrong. And, and so... but. You know, I, and I, but I just knew that actually a good marriage was something God had for me. So I just, I just, I was confused. I didn't realise, and I went to a, you know, but I kept. And it was a difficult time. It was a difficult time for us. My poor wife um, struggled through it all, uh, but um, but we carried on going to church. We carried on being in the presence of God. And at one time, I went to a conference in Brighton. Some of you uh, would have known that was a, a New Frontiers conference. And a prophetic word came from the front, which I knew was for me. And God spoke. And he didn't, what he didn't do is say, get on your knees and repent and wallow because you're messing your marriage up. He didn't say that. All he said to me was, go and love your wife. Go and... And so God pointed to the good. He didn't point out the bad. Hallelujah. <laughs> and do you know what? At the time, I took that word on board. I listened to it. And, I, and do you know what? I'm not even sure there was a great deal of repentance. I didn't probably realise that it was only later on in life and I look back and I'm thinking, wow, I was really messing up. I didn't know. I just took that word on board and I thought, no, okay, I'm going to stop these sorts. I'm going to stop doing this. And I'm going to turn this around and I'm so grateful that I was in a place where God could speak and I heard his voice and I responded I didn't need to wallow I didn't need to uh, to uh, you know spend hours repenting and it took time to the thing to mend and to, to, to get better but it did and I'm so thankful for God and I look back now and I think actually oh that was that was bad but Thankfully, God had a, a plan for me and for us and for our kids and, and everything. And, and so I'm so grateful that God, when you put yourself in that place of hearing from him, will speak to you. And if you respond to that, then there is a new way forward, a new glorious way forward, which there was for the Israelites and there is for each of us. So this is specifically for those that actually have messed up. And we all do it. It is not the end. 
for you if you mess up. It's not the end. You just have to stand up, deal with it, and move on. Simple as that. God has paid the price for your sin. Jesus died on the cross so that your sin could be dealt with. That's past, present, and future. It's dealt with. Yeah, well, there is a repentance, and you do need repentance. Is about turning around and saying, "I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to change the way I think and act." That's what repentance is. It's not wallowing in the dirt, saying how unholy and how unworthy I am. That's not really achieving anything. It's saying, "No, I've heard something. I'm going to listen. I'm going to change the way I, I, w- I walk, and I'm going to walk in the good of what God has said." And that's how we deal with setback that is caused by our own sin. And if it's not, then it's getting before God and hearing what he has to say. And saying, God, I'm, I'm upset, I'm discouraged, but I want the glory of your name. And in those ways, we will take steps forward. We will take steps forward. Can we stand? Hold on a little bit here. I just want to pray. Pray for you guys. I've got a particular word I believe God has got for one or maybe two people here and it's actually coming from one of the songs I was listening to the same song yesterday Um, and it's about there's people here, I think there's one or two people here that you've come and you're feeling totally unworthy because you know you've messed up there's somebody here and you're expecting Jesus to come after you and you're expecting some form of chastisement, some form of punishment, some sort of cross word, some angry word from Jesus. And the word to you is, yeah, God, Jesus is coming after you. And he is angry, but he's not angry at you. He's angry at the lie that has grown up in your life. And that lie is, I'm unworthy. And that lie is, I cannot approach Jesus. And that's what he's coming after. And he wants you to know that right now he's coming after and he's tearing that lie down. He's tearing that lie down because you are worthy and you can approach him. And you can feel his embrace. And so God wants you to know that you mess. You may have messed up, but you know what? God is angry at the lie. He's not angry at you. And he wants you to embrace him as he tears right now. He's tearing that lie down right now that you're, you're not unworthy. You're not unable to approach. And you can embrace Jesus with joy and happiness and freedom. Because he loves you. He loves you. He's not judging you. He loves you. And he wants you to embrace him right now. Embrace him. Thank you, Jesus. And the other one, I believe God wants to speak over those that haven't messed up in that sense, but have struggled. And there's one or two people here, I believe, and I want to just read over you Psalm 27. It's, it's well known, verse 13 and 14. And you've, you've struggled with something, and you keep hitting setback, and you keep struggling, and you're, you don't know how to get forward, and things aren't going the way you want them to go. And this is what God says to you. This is how he wants you to speak. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord 
in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So if that's you, just take that word. Look at it again. It's from Psalm 27, 13 and 14. He wants you to renew yourself in that promise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for those that in our examples to us who have pressed forward in the midst of setback and discouragement. And Lord, we want to be those that press forward into everything he has for us. Lord, we don't want to hold back. Lord, we want to enter the land. And Lord, we want to do that uh, just, just having your glory and your honour in our hearts, Lord Jesus. We want to see your glory and your honour and your uh, fame raised up as we take and enter into the promises and the inheritance you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen.